What is up, Fight Fam? From the ever-beautiful City of Angels, this is Cage Free Chicks, a combat sports-centered podcast by women, about women, for everyone, where we take a look into the world of combat sports through the female lens and discuss how martial arts have helped shape some of the toughest women on the planet. As always, we are your favorite Cage Free Chicks, Nadia and Michelle. For episode 28, we're joined by Lara Lay and Arthur Hinoyosa, the brilliant wife and husband duo behind Reaper Wrestling. By blending Arthur's passion for wrestling, health and fitness, and Lara Lay's expertise in culture, fashion and business, Reaper Wrestling has become a premier source for a superior wrestling lifestyle. The main goal of Reaper Wrestling is to bring visibility and awareness to women's wrestling by curating unique and empowering content that is up to date on current wrestling news, trends and advice that not only connects rising generations of wrestlers to world and Olympic caliber senior wrestlers, but also gives them the space to introduce their own unique personalities and styles to the rest of the world. And we would also be remiss to not mention Reaper Wrestling's fire memes. Enjoy! We are here with Laura Lay and Arthur. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and taking time to, to be with us here today because we are seriously so excited. You guys are, in a weird way, like these idols to us as to what our platform could eventually become. So thank you so much for sitting with us here today. Well, thank you definitely for having us on today. Uh, we're honored to be a part of your show. And thank you guys so much uh, for saying all that. Um, it means a lot to us. Uh, we've been working hard on our brand and doing what we do with women's wrestling. So to hear that that feedback is, is really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm along for the ride here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do this. We, we have our, our resident male, Arthur. So for, for maybe uh, people who don't follow Reaper Wrestling, why don't you follow them? Um, but for people who don't know um, what your platform is all about, if you wouldn't mind just giving a sort of brief bio as to who you guys are and, and what, what the platform you guys built is. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with uh, who we are. Um, my name is Laura Lay, and uh, this is Arthur Ray, and uh, we uh, run a women's wrestling empowerment lifestyle brand called Reaper Wrestling. Um, and I guess just a little bit uh, on our background, um, for Reaper Wrestling, I'm the one that runs the website, the social media, uh, and um, Arthur takes care of a lot of events, background and research. I do a lot of the event stuff. Try, I'm very good with names and faces and such. And, and uh, we're, we're a really good team on that because I don't know much about social media. And so, you know, together we're just, I don't know, an incredible pair, honestly. And it just kind of works out really well in our favor. And so she'll be in an event and I'll be watching it on on the laptop and I'll direct her to, hey, so-and-so's in front of Matt 3 or, you know. And so, uh, I don't know, we just work really well in tandem. So it's kind of fun to, to be uh, working with my best friend. and, and wife <laughs> that's and, awesome uh, and team reaper uh, like i said we're an empowerment lifestyle brand for women's wrestling and um, our mission is to create uh unique and inspiring content that strengthens girl power on and off the mat and to create uh, an empowering platform for female wrestlers uh, and we really focus on sport travel in fashion uh, as a way to define an empowering lifestyle. Um, and we have our website, reaperwrestling.com. And then, of course, uh, all of our social media. Uh, we're hot on Instagram at Reaper Wrestling. And that's Reaper Wrestling with a WR, Reaper WR, 
wrestling WR <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, Twitter fear the reaper also with the WR it works with the wrestling, you know, the play yeah, on, yeah, on alliteration. WR, so. Yes. Hey, yes. Hey, doing the Lord's work is <laughs> that's you. <laughs> so, um, how did you guys get started doing this and, um, take us back to the days, I guess, before Reaper wrestling was, was a thing. Um, wrestling gave me a lot in my life, honestly. Um, it, you know, I, I was kind of discovered by a high school coach in the hallway. I was real small and athletic. And the coach came to me and was like, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about wrestling? And it was the furthest thing from my mind. And when I went out for it, I fell in love with it, honestly, because I was real tiny. I was like 10 pounds under the lowest weight class. And, you know, when I played football and basketball, I was up against people that were just much bigger than me. So it was an evening playing field kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of boosted my life, you know, like it led me into to being a big fan of UFC in the early 2000s, which kind of led me into the Marine Corps. And uh, it's just been an empowering <laughs> point in my life. And uh, I just, uh, you know, it was a couple of years back. We had our first kid. We have two now. And uh, I was watching the NCAA championships on ESPN. And I was like, man, you know, I, I want my kids to wrestle too. And if they could discover it a little earlier than me, that would be very helpful for their careers and such. And so mm-hmm. I bought a mat thinking, well, if I start wrestling, then, you know, in front of them, get them to enjoy it, not force them into it, that sort of thing. See daddy having fun with it. Uh, and, um, you know, along those lines, I just started with looking for apparel to like show that I wrestled. It was cool on, and you know, for off the mat sort of purposes. And I couldn't really find anything that, that, you know, like a tap out sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. I brought that to Laura. We're both business majors. And so at the time I was just like, what about wrestling apparel? And, you know, she went to school for fashion and stuff like that. And so she was like, absolutely. That sounds cool. And so we just started doing our research and everything. And it was about a month in or so of our research that, uh, Laura came to me and she was just like, we have to do women's wrestling. Like there's so much there. There's so little coverage and, and there's no platform for these, you know, young athletes and everything. And so, uh, we just kind of put our minds together and, uh, Reaper was born, you know, and, uh, we, we, Reaper was born in March of 2018 and we've just been kind of finding our way, way since we built a pretty good network, uh, with high school coaches and in the, uh, North, North Texas area and even just Texas in general. Uh, and we've ventured out into uh, the college realm. We've been to a lot of tournaments in the college realm and, uh, we're looking forward to this wrestling season starting up now. We're getting prepared and ready to go. And, uh, you know, if you're a young wrestler out there, you know, you're hopefully you'll see us at, at some of these tournaments. You, you, uh, we're big fans and, uh, <laughs> it's an honor to watch you guys grapple and stuff. So, uh, coming soon, we're going to be near you again. So. We have we have tap out and affliction to thank for not having cool enough apparel <laughs> and, and not how Reaper wrestling was actually before. Where does the name come from? Uh, so the name, you know, we were just kind of brainstorming things together and everything, and um, you know, we had a long list of different things, and I just brought. I don't. It was, I, don't I just brought it up. I was like, what about Reaper with a W? I don't know why it sounded cool to me and everything. Um, you know, my middle name's Ray and my dad's middle name is Ray, except his is with W-R-A-Y and mine's just R-A-Y. And so I don't know, just, I, I was like, well, and then, you know, looking at wrestling, well, why is wrestling with a W, you know? And so, oh, well, wow. it kind of pairs, 
you could put the W with anything, you know, like the W could even go for women, you know, like wrestling, just you fill in the blank, you know? And so that's kind of how Reaper with a W was formed, basically. I do not have a background in wrestling. Uh, that's Arthur's thing. Um, but I, we went to the same high school and I was around it in a, in a kind of disconnected way. Um, I played soccer growing up and I was also on our school's drill team and, uh, on our drill team, there were a couple of girls that also wrestled and I was always intrigued by that. Um, because that was kind of an unlikely crossover, and I was not, <laughs> I was not familiar with wrestling. And then they're talking about cutting weight, and they're talking, you know, they're eating a certain way, you know, trying to lose weight. And I was just like, "This is really, this is interesting. Why are you doing this? Like, what, what is this for?" Um, and so, you know, it didn't really go uh, past that too much, um, but it was always intriguing to me. And it was definitely there. And I still have friends, you know, people that I'm friends with now that, uh, that had done that in high school and know that what we're doing now. And so they're really uh, excited about that. Um, but then, you know, Arthur and I got married and a lot of this stuff came back, just like he said, when we had our first kid. Um, and, and again, he brought the idea of doing wrestling apparel to me, uh, which piqued my interest because I have a background in fashion and in marketing. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, like, let's, let's do some research. Let's look into this and see, you know, what we can come up with, what we can contribute to. Um, and, you know, like good business majors uh we definitely did our research and we pulled out our SWOT analysis and looked into who the main players in the field were you know what brands were already out there what were people already doing um and just really kind of surveying everything and um you know arthur he was really interested in doing something with men's wrestling uh you know initially but it became quite apparent and obvious that there there wasn't as much in the way of women's wrestling um, in terms of brands and clothing uh, op, you know, offerings. And uh, so it just, it became an obvious uh, thing for us that this is something that we should do. And um, of course, you know, after watching these women compete and just really you know, kind of understanding everything from an outsider perspective on my part, um, you know, I've become, you know, a pretty big fan of, of what <laughs> these girls and what these women are capable of doing. Uh, I'd like to throw something in there also. It's like, you know, it's almost like a healthier side of the sport, you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you see a lot of these girls hugging after matches and stuff. I mean, like, it's like, yeah. it's competitive as can be. I mean, these women are very, they're athletes, you know, and like, but then they get off the mat and they can hug each other and they're friends, you know, and it's like, it's, there's a little bit less of the like hatred factor I would almost throw out there, you know, like, and I think that's kind of healthy. And that was definitely something that I connected with instantly, you know, something we noticed I was like, Oh, like, so they can go kick each other's butts on the mat, but then they can leave the mat and still be friends and still have this camaraderie. You know, how cool is that? You know? Um, and so uh, we just started brainstorming, like, you know, 
what, what, what can we do? What can we provide uh, for these girls, for these women that would be useful, that would be helpful, that would be fun, uh, something different. Um, and I think that's really what's made Reaper Wrestling uh, stand out so much from some of these other wrestling brands is that we're different. We're not doing the same things and focusing on the same uh, aspects of wrestling or, you know, the, the sports uh, like traditional sports media with like the stats and the scores and, you know, just kind of the numbers of it, you know, we're, we're kind of the more quant qualitative and cultural, you know, side of things. So. Well, I think that's so great. And I think like, to your point, I don't know that that could exist in the same way if it were more focused on men. Um, yeah. Just because like, I think women seem to be much more, I don't know what the word is, but uh, multidimensional in terms of how they experience the sport. You know, it's it's not, like, we're watching the, what's that tournament? Who's number one tournament? Um, and, and just seeing all, the, just the way the tournament is marketed. I mean, I loved it. Obviously, it was great, great competition. But, you know, all the guys, like all these high schoolers are coming out. They look so badass. And it's all about, like, the mean, fierce ferocity of, between them. Yeah. Whereas on the women's side, it seems equally fierce. But like you said, once the competition's over, everyone seems to sort of, sort of get along. And I don't really know that a brand like Reaper could... Um, maybe exist, and I don't mean this in I mean this in a completely positive way, but I don't think it can exist as this all-encompassing, you know, sort of thing. Like, on your website, you guys have, you know, you guys talk about, oh, we go to events, and we have, like, things about nutrition and memes, <laughs> you know, which I think is really important. And the memes, yes. <laughs> the memes are very Those are important. important. It's all about the memes, and I think this sort of lightheartedness and openness, um, one, makes you guys an easy platform for maybe young people who are unsure of themselves to come to just because it seems like no question is a stupid question to you guys um and i yeah i just don't really know that that could exist maybe in the male world as much so i think it's super cool you guys are able to, to do something that's awesome well i mean it's also to the point that everything i think that ha could be said about men's wrestling has kind of pretty much been said and as far as like men's sports in general and, uh, you know, there's just this newfound drive to really push female stories forward and in the way that helps the sport overall, because, you know, everything is balanced. Right. And if we're only ever experiencing this like natural male aggression, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but like only seeing, you know, the male side of it. And then now that a women, you know, coming in and like claiming stakes in these more male dominated sports, there's, I feel like an energetic balance that happens. So for people on the outside, they're like, oh, this isn't that um, barbaric or this isn't that intense that they see, you know, both guys and the girls. And all of, most of the, not like all of the women's wrestlers are like models. You look at the squad pictures and you're like, oh right. God, it's squad goals. And so, uh, squad goals, absolutely, yes. Um, and I think you really hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, there's kind of this lingering stigma that kind of falls over, you know, women's wrestling and just women in combat sports in general. I think um, that it's kind of like you said, like this male barbaric, you know, bloody fight, you know, that that happens. It's very unladylike, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what parent would want their daughter engaging in some sort of barbaric bloodbath? Uh, uh, you know, of a sport, um, yeah. like what benefits to, would that have for my child? You know, I think from uh, a parent's perspective. Um, but yeah, it's way more than that. And to uncover, 
you know, that side and that aspect and really lift it up and highlight that. Like, look, there's so much more to the sport than just the fierceness, you know, the, the, the rivals and all that stuff. Um, I think for women in sport, one of the biggest benefits is the, the, the community and the camaraderie. Um, that come with that and um, it's very much there for women's wrestling uh, and you know we really that that's what we're all about we're about community we're about supporting each other women supporting women girls supporting girls um, and really just putting that at the forefront um, of, of our brand and what what women's wrestling what wrestling uh, is can be you know and I think that like I think to to go to y'all's point is the same thing. It's like y'all are all hitting it correct, like awesomely. I mean, like it has to be marketed in a different sort of way. I mean, like you know, there's a big effort to grow the sport. You know, hashtag grow grow wrestling. Hashtag grow the sport. You know who you know who can grow it is the whole other half of the segment. <laughs> I mean, like, and you can't market it the same way and get yeah. that whole side of the market in. I mean. So it almost it needs to be a little bit more fun and everything like that. And there are other aspects than the brutality of it, you know, like just confidence of putting your hands on somebody else and like yes. manipulating them in, in different ways. It's good for your brain. It's good for your body. It's good for your spirit, you know, like just a leadership mentality. And it's going to help you out in the long run for your whole career, you know. So and, and going back to like the whole the who's number one thing. I mean, yeah, we, we watched that, too. It was like a week or two ago back and uh you know, there's a lot of good talent there and everything. And we were a little, you know, we love flow. Don't get us wrong. You know, we we're subscribers to flow. We, you know, you can't, you can't watch wrestling without it really, you know, but like we were a little hard on them because it's like, where are the women? You know, like y'all had them last year, you know, y'all had a couple matches and, you know, I mean, I think some of the matches fell through and everything like that, but come on, get these girls on there, you know, let's, let's grow the sport, you know? Yeah, at this point, yeah, a lot of people expect to see, you know, girls wrestling and to be part of these events. And so when that's absent, it's notably absent and they expect mm -hmm. it. And when it's not there, uh, I think it's it's worth noting that these girls were pretty upset <laughs> that, you know, their their representation yeah. was missing from this particular event. So <laughs> I think that's really true. And I think that even if... Um, I mean, I guess we're just picking on one tournament, but, you know, to, to use it as a kind of jumping off point for, for tournaments in the future, you know, even if they would have had just, just one or two matches, I think it would have yeah. gone, gone a long way in just showing, you know, granted, of course, they're, are not, the pool is not going to be as deep for the women as yeah. it is going to be for the men. Absolutely. I think everybody understands that. But um, at least if there's some sort of attempt to show inclusion, yeah. I think that, that can go a long way. And, you know, it's the, it's events like that that, little girls see on the couch yeah. with their brothers and their dads and their uncles or whoever um they kind of work to inspire going forward i think so well i mean it's it's to your point is that the pool is small and you know like we can all clamor for like yes let's more let's do more representation blah, blah, blah. but then we also have to accept the responsibility that for right now there are more boys than girls in the sport however if we don't see the pool of competitors that exist, then how can other people see it, discover it, and then come and populate it more? But then um, it's funny, though, that you said uh, how noticeably absent women were from Who's Number One. And I think it's so cool that we've gotten to a point in time where 
instead of people being surprised, like, oh, there's girls in this competitive car, to where are the girls? And, and big shout outs to Adeline Gray on the, uh, she yeah. came out and was like, hey, you know, get your daughters involved in the sport. You know, we love Adeline. She's five time, you know, world, world yeah. champion. So kudos to her. And at least, you know, at least there was that part in there, you know, to like break through to some of the male segment. Also, Dan Gable came out and he spoke before uh, everything kicked off too. And he, uh, you know, he didn't expand upon it a lot, but you know, he did uh, mention, you know, that this event was repres representing both boys and girls and really, you know, uh, recognizing the sport as a whole in that way. So I did, did appreciate uh, him saying that, although, you know, the irony, Irony of it was that there were no girls at this particular <laughs> event. So you hear all the people talking about wanting to grow grow the sport in general, and it's kind of silly to think of that. But these people are not thinking about a whole other gender. Yeah, you know, it's taking a, a hit on the male side of things. It's actually declining slowly. Because, I mean, you know, concussions and everything like that. So I think there's a little bit of drawback from it. But there are a lot of young women, and there's a lot of you know men with daughters that they just are in a, maybe an area of the country that it's not really a means they have to wrestle boys or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, there's just limits to way, the way they can enter, you know, and to break those walls down is kind of what Reaper is all about right now at this point. Um, I have a question. I mean, you guys are parents and, and you know, your, your kids are not old enough to, to wrestle maybe, but what would you guys tell to parents who maybe look at wrestling and think that women should not be in it? Like what, what do you think are the benefits of, of for girls in particular joining the sport of all sports? I think anyone can really benefit from a sport like wrestling, but I think especially young girls and young women. Um, I'm a fan of turning traditional notions of femininity on its head and, and uh, really putting that out into culture. And to me, wrestling and women's wrestling really represents that because um, it allows young girls and young women to be able to use their minds and their bodies in ways, in so many ways that they're traditionally and culturally told not to do and not to be and not to act. Um, but it, it gives them structure, it gives them accountability. Uh, it allows them to see and understand their personal strengths, you know, physical strengths, mental strengths, um, really what they are capable of as a woman, as a human being. And you can take that with you everywhere in your life, every aspect. Um, you know, when you go to, to college and when you're making just, you know, big life decisions and being confident in yourself that you're making the right choices and uh, having the confidence that you know you can do what you set your mind, uh, you know, what your goals are in life. Um, and, you know, what do we need more in our world? More female leaders um, and, and girls and women that can, can, you know, take our country and take our culture into the future uh, in a positive and productive way. Um, and I think wrestling gives all of that uh, to young girls. My two senses is that, like, you're really missing uh, like a whole side of the, the population. You know, a leader's job is to promote everybody you know you got to get everybody's voices out there and everybody needs to be involved or else you're only getting you know you're not going to get the proper feedback and all that sort of stuff so i really think that like by pushing young women into i mean we have a boy and a girl and i hope that our daughter has all the same opportunities that our, our boy does currently obviously we're only entering that realm on like ncaa acceptance it's still 
being yeah. you know voted on and everything uh some hurdles still have to be accomplished but like if you consider yourself a leader if you have you know boys girls it doesn't matter i mean like honestly wrestling is just so empowering it's like you're gonna take your boys but leave your daughters just sitting on the side not competing i mean let them do th- at least rolling around on the mat is more healthy than just sitting there being silent, you know, like give them a voice, give your daughter a voice, you know, like you never know. They might be the next, you know, Angela Merkel or something, you know, like (laughs) you don't, you just don't know. I mean, if you, and if you tell them to be quiet and sit in the corner all the time, they're they're never going to flourish. Yeah, that's true. Women in general just bring like a different, like Michelle said, like a, a different way of doing things. And, um, like, you have to market them differently, obviously. And if you're just a fan of the sport and a fan of, like, physical motion and how intimate combat is between two people, like, women also move differently. And it's just, like, it's fascinating to watch how, like, they're doing the same things, you know, in wrestling as their male counterparts. But the way they achieve those same, like, moves and the... The same peaks is just so much different and so fascinating to me. It's like, wouldn't you want to be curious to see, like, oh, I wonder if like this person who is shaped like this can do this, and how would they go about doing it? I think also technique gets improved a lot on that level, like because <laughs> you know, well, you when you have girls wrestling boys in high school and that sort of thing, it forces the girl to be technically sound, you know, because. Yeah. When testosterone starts being developed and, and muscle starts increasing in, in boys, it's not fair, you know. So the only way they can compete is to increase yeah. their, you know, technique. And so you see a lot of, you know, a lot of very good male wrestlers also have sisters, you know, and they learn a lot of technique from their sister, you know, because who better to learn from than somebody that has to have perfect technique. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about was um, I know you guys in the beginning said that you kind of split up uh, the responsibilities of Reaper, which I think is so cool, um, very similar to us in terms of having complementary sort of skill sets. I think, I mean, you guys saw it before we started. I don't even know how this computer works. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> so not true. And so without Nadia. We have our rules. Yes. Um, I send emails, Nadia <laughs> does all the other technical <laughs> stuff. But I want to ask you guys about um, sort of dividing up those responsibilities and one, how, how you guys came to figuring that out as a team, you know, who would handle what. And then um, under each umbrella for you both individually, how do your roles kind of like intermingle to make Reaper function? So, of course, uh, just like our brand and, you know, our work on our website and our social media, it's been an evolution of, of figuring things out and what works best for us. I mean, pretty much from the beginning, we both just we needed to realize and understand what our strengths were and apply those to what our roles would be with Reaper Wrestling and looking at our educational backgrounds, what could make us the strongest brand based off of what we can do. My background uh, in fashion, I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in California, Fashion School of the West Coast um, for merchandise marketing. And then uh, we both went to the, the University of Arkansas, but I got my a degree in cultural anthropology. What I bring uh, to the table is an understanding of culture, of society, being able to to look at a group of group of people and understand, you know, what what makes this group of people who they are and how they're different from other people. Um, being able to analyze the different layers uh, that might 
be there for a group of people and having that understanding plus the business side of things, the, the business, the merchandise marketing, how we can apply that academic knowledge, if you will, to, you know, a, a, in a business context um, and also how to communicate most effectively to this particular right. group of young girls and college age girls. It's, it's mostly who, who watch our stories and frequent our websites. I guess my side of it is, uh, you know, I was in the military for four years. I was in the Marine Corps stationed at Camp Pendleton, hence why she was able to go to FITM there in you know, San Diego. Yeah. And then uh, when I left active duty, we went to Arkansas, like Laura said. And I got my degree in business economics and I minored in finance and math. And then I went to University of Texas in Austin and I got my master's in economics. And uh, yeah, go Longhorns there. <laughs> I'm a Razorback. Also, so I got to throw that out there too. Although it kind of hurts that neither one of those schools has wrestling. You know, UT had Ooh. club wrestling, but that was as far as it went. But, uh, you know, come on, South, let's catch up, you know, right? Yeah, come on. Texas is really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Texas is really coming around on the wrestling side of things. I mean, you know, Bo Nichols just broke through. It's obviously a humongous hub for women's wrestling, but that's pretty much because most states don't even have it sanctioned, you know, mm. that's starting to turn, you know, but, but, you know, my side of it is, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really good with names and faces. I love wrestling. I love being around wrestling. I love wrestling, you know, so it's just like, it's a double perk for me. So, I mean, when I, whenever I spend time on Reaper, it's not really work, you know, it's fun. It's my, my hobby sort of thing, you know, so I get to watch a lot of these young girls. I get to take notes and all that sort of stuff. And then me and Laura get together and we'll write a post together. And uh, and then she markets the create, you know, the crap out of it, you know, because I don't know anything about that sort of thing. And with that said, on the hobby creative side, I mean, that's mm -hmm. I mean, I pretty much take care of all of that, um, you know. Uh, being a millennial, I've been around social media, you know, since diapers or, you know, whenever that started, yeah. <laughs> it feels like diapers. Um, and I have a lot of experience with uh, making like personal blogs. I don't know if y'all remember Zanga or, you know, any of oh, y'all yeah. fans of Zanga. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was speaking to a certain age group when, when, when I, when I talk about those kinds of things, um, but you You're know, my students and, and, and Tumblr and all of these different kinds of platforms and just having that personal, ex, you know, exploration and, and usage of, of all of those different things just on a personal level and uh, working with HTML and just, you know, doing different fun backgrounds. You know, you get to make, you know, really yeah. personalize those for yourself. And I just had a lot of fun uh, doing that as a kid, making collages, making, you know, vision boards, you know tearing out newspaper, newspaper clippings, uh, magazine clippings and, and, and putting them together. Like what, what do I look like? You know, per this, uh, this poster board that I'm making, you know, all of that is kind of in my background and to just kind of apply, I guess, in a mo more professional sense, um, you know, creating a website and formulating a brand, you know, with, with the logo and the colors and the fonts, um, and the social media. I mean, I, I, I really like, and I love Instagram because it allows you to really express yourself in, in a lot of different ways. And if you know how to use all the tools and know what tools are available uh, to you and how, you know, kind of express yourself using all these different things, um, it it's a lot of fun. You know, I have, I have tons of fun, uh, doing all of these things and it's constant learning. Like I'm always learning new ways to present something or to put out news and, and try, I, you know, 
always kind of in my mind is how can I make this not boring? (laughs) You know, not that any of it is boring. That's not what I'm saying, but I always want to spice it up a little bit and make it fun and exciting and approachable and not like, you know, these are young girls and Mm -hmm. not all young girls want to read article or news or, you know, they want, they want to be told what's important, but it has to be created in a certain way to, to make it approachable for them, you know. And I would say that we flow together pretty well. We work well in tandem because, mm-hmm. you know, heck, we've been married for 12 years now, you know. I mean, basically married our whole adult lives. So we're, mm-hmm. and we're a team, you know, so we know our strengths and weaknesses. So that's kind of how we could, like, divvy out the roles and everything. Well, you guys are killing it. So yeah. clearly something's working. Can't wait to Thank see you. what your Instagram game is going to be like for the Olympics. Oh, man. This next year is going to be really exciting. And for this particular year for 2020, you know, the, the Olympics start in August. Uh, that's kind of like where Tokyo and the Olympics will kind of be flowing through everything that we post um, because we really want to highlight that and get that out as much as possible. Um, so you'll you'll definitely be seeing a lot of that on our Instagram and uh, not just not just Tokyo 2020 and the Olympics, but also highlighting a lot of the cultural aspects of that and learning about Japan and women's wrestling in Japan and different ways that are applicable to you know what other young girls might find interesting. A lot of girls are interested in anime and. And the food that's over there, yes, um, there's there's a lot of fascinating things about Japan and Tokyo uh, that are really fun and exciting that, you know, we can definitely show girls. And, you know, to me, traveling is such an important thing. It's such a I'm a feminist feminist and traveling is is a huge uh, feminist uh, topic. And um, there's so much growth and learning that comes from exploring the world and cultures you know outside of your own um so that's and that and that's why we focus on a lot of these different countries and the places that these wrestlers are traveling to um because they're getting to go and experience these things but we really want to encourage other young girls and other young women like hey they're doing you know this is part of their job and they get to go and travel and meet different people but you can too you know, and, and, and here's how you can benefit from that. And it's cool and exciting. So yeah, in Tokyo 2020, and you'll, you're going to be seeing a lot from that for sure. I think that's such a good good point about the traveling because, um, I mean, I guess it's present in other sports, but more so I think in wrestling than maybe any other sport where these young yeah. girls get to travel all over. And, and I mean, if you look at some of their, this is like a weird stalkerish thing, but if you look at some of their story highlights and kind of see all the places have into it's seriously insane you know i don't know going to and and they're never really going to yeah sometimes they get to go to italy or a cool place like tokyo or something like that but you go to azerbaijan yeah or kazakhstan it's like i don't know yes exactly and see the similarities um i I grew up in we both kind of grew up abroad and, and traveling all over the place and and i grew up in tokyo and I remember I went on a trip to Mongolia, which was like random, most random place ever. But just to see that side of the world and see such a foreign place at such a young age, I think is a really important and meaningful thing in terms of like shaping your life and your worldview. So I think you're right. And I think you guys do such a good job of, of highlighting each of the locations and what other things these places have to offer outside of wrestling yeah. while these people are there. So Well, it's interesting because tra- uh, wrestling is very much a traveling sport 
And, you know, we want these young girls to be able to look up to these top wrestlers and, you know, let, uh, you know, these world team members be their role models and be the people that they look up to and like, you know, say, hey, I want to be like Jennifer Burkett or Ali Reagan, you know, those should be their role models and who, you know who they can look to, to set their own personal goals, but it's, they're not like a football team or like, mm-hmm. you know, a local yeah. basketball team that you can go and just go watch a game and go see, you know, these events happen. Most of these events happen all over the, you know, different places in the United States that are far between each other. A lot of these tournaments are international. Uh, so it's not like you can just hop on a plane and, you know, go see these events. I mean, Thank goodness, 2019, we have live streaming and you can watch these events, you know, live. But it's it's not the same as, you know, actually being there and getting to watch, see these people up close and personal. And so the travel component, I think, really helps increase the connection between these young girls and these wrestlers because they very much these top wrestlers live outside of their in their suitcase like they're traveling Constantly, year year round, they're going to different places in America and all over the world. And to kind of be part of that journey with them, you said <laughs> mildly stalkerish, but like you know, that's the only way that you can really keep up with you know what yeah. they're doing and where they're going. You know, and I think it's important for these young girls to know that you know if you want to keep wrestling in college or you know beyond that, you know this is what you're looking at. You know this this could be your future, and this is what it looks like. Um, you get to do all these cool, fun things and travel to these different places, you know, some destination places like Italy, but other, you know, different places like, you know, Kazakhstan uh, that you wouldn't think would be like on, you wouldn't put that on your bucket list necessarily. Right. Um, but there's so many opportunities in this particular area. Um, and I think it's, it's very empowering thing to highlight uh for for young girls yeah i think just like a whole bus full of young girls traveling around the world to pursue wrestling um is a rare sight to see but it's just i don't know yeah i think there's just something so cool about it and and i don't know i look at like michaela beck and and forrest molinari and they'll just be in like mykonos or somewhere i'm like that's so cool (laughs) they got to go do that (laughs) because of wrestling it's awesome. Can you like, oh, I don't want my daughter to wrestle. So you don't want her to potentially see the entire world and meet a bunch of cool people and have like, be introduced to most of the cultures in the world and failing to see it's, the downside. Oh, so her ear is going to get messed up. Maybe. It's just, it's okay. just not presented that way. Those, yeah. those yeah. opportunities and the benefits of, you know, of what these women are doing. It's not put out there like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do get caught up in the headgear or is their face going to get busted up? You know, they're never going to look the same again. You know, my goodness, Um, you know, it's going to ruin their lives. Uh, No, there's so many things that are good that are going to benefit them and and take them to, you know, their powerful careers and and whatever these young girls want to do with their lives. Having cauliflower ear isn't going to change that, you know. Hashtag squad picks. Yeah, exactly. Squad picks. All about squad picks. Going from like a world view down to a much smaller view. Um, I just want yes. to expand upon you guys talked about going to events and um, what you guys have been doing in your community and um, in the greater North Texas area. And so if you guys wouldn't mind expanding on that and just telling everybody what you're doing, because I don't know, I think that 
change starts on a local sort of community yep. level and kind of expands. And so I think that you, what you guys are doing is just, yeah, absolutely. Um, we agree doing things, you know, on our website and promoting the international level obviously is important, but where the change is happening, where the transformation in girls and women's wrestling is happening is on the ground is happening at, you know, local and state events. Um, and so it's very important for us and for our brand to go to these uh, different tournaments and duels and to not just have a presence there, but, you know, it's, it's not networking in the sense of you know, passing out business cards with these girls and, you know, Hey, let's, let's hook up somehow. It, what I do when I go to these events, of course, we watch the wrestling and we see, you know, the crowd and who's there, what's not there, just kind of um, see what the event is for what it is, but getting to talk to these girls and, and, uh, you know, ask them questions and, you know, what they're looking forward to in the events, what, how the season, how the season is going for them, how training is going, you know, asking them what their personal goals are, what do they want to achieve? Um, one of my favorite questions to ask these young girls is, you know, who's your favorite wrestler? Do you have a favorite wrestler? A lot of times the answer I get back is, you know, a, a guy wrestler, a male wrestler. Um, but that's been changing. And uh, we'll get we're getting, you know, where the responses were pretty, one, pretty much one sided. That's at one point it's it's changing a lot. We're getting, oh, Adeline Gray and Forrest Malinari. And, you know, we're getting Whoa. these answers back. Yeah. Tamir Menzestock. And uh, so it's it's, you know, and asking these questions and seeing what these girls know gives us a lot of insight to what they know about the sport and what information they're getting and how involved Mm -hmm. They are with wrestling just outside of just wrestling and being at the tournament. Like how engaged are they with the community out at large? Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of that change, you know, when we're talking to these girls, because they're letting us know. They're letting us know how engaged they are and 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 what they want to see more of. Um, we're, there's a lot of excitement that's building around it, too. Um, you know, when we go to an event. What I would like to throw in there is like, we're kind of trying to do the marketing for this segment, you know, like putting mm -hmm. out there, like you said, like, you know, getting those squad picks out there, letting people see like, oh, my God, that girl looks just like me. And she's, you know, kicking butt, you know what I mean? Like, so going to these events, getting pictures of people, seeing what's going on and kind of like broadcasting that. So in that sort of way, we get to be kind of like we're like the visual wrestle like a girl. We're not, they're yes. doing the dirty work yeah. and the hard work, the you know, work. yeah, Sally Roberts, Catherine Shy, all of them. I mean, they're kicking butt, you know, behind the scene. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that are really doing a lot of the, the grassroots efforts. And we're just out having fun, getting to take pictures, interview some of these athletes and put it out there. So then other people can kind of see it and be, you know, get the visual out there, you know, and it just helps, really, you know, it helped us, especially at the beginning when we didn't have much. Mm -hmm. have such a strong base here in texas especially north texas to like every weekend there's a big tournament going on somewhere you know and so it's really fun going to these events and getting to meet people and and get their their take and and what they're interested in and everything i know that makes laura very happy because she's all about that you know sort of people watching and getting to learn and talk to people and, and i'm sure it's so cool for these girls too you know when you guys are talking to them to get that attention um, we've talked about having a few local high school wrestlers on our podcast, and we just think uh, the little bit of attention that you get um, sort of at that age, I think, goes a long way in terms of determining what your next step might be. You know, the encouragement rather than the yeah. discouragement. 
maybe in like a very pivotal moment. So you guys are crushing yeah. it. At that age, it's like super important to be very encouraging of, I think both uh, young boys and girls, because that's when they're, you know, discovering who they are and their identities. And so any little like thing that they could perceive potentially as negative will be like, Ooh, I can't try that. And then, you know, maybe for the rest of their life, they won't go down that road. But if you're like, no, it's cool, dude, like you do you be healthy, like don't hurt other people. It's great. And then like, okay. And then I feel like they will take more and more chances down the road of trying new things and stepping out of a box and just, that's how, you know, discovery happens is people go and just do something no one else has done. Well, and a lot of these girls, you know, socially, you know, in, in their social realms in middle school and high school, you know, they're kind of taking a risk going into wrestling and, and what that will mean for their reputation and how they'll be taken in their social groups and with their friends um, and what that means uh, to those other people. Um, and so, yeah, to go out there and, and do what you love wrestling uh, as a young girl, but then to have that support and encouragement and to see that in a real way, a real and genuine way. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, I would have loved to see, you know, as a young girl, when I was playing soccer, yeah. there were people that were coming out or, you know, like a, a brand or whatever that was coming out to highlight a tournament that we were doing, or, you know, to just talk to us just to get our, our opinions on certain things to know that, uh, you know, Hey, we have a voice in what we what we think matters in, in this whole large thing, you know, you're the growth of women's wrestling, but each of those young girls that make up the growth of women's wrestling, they have their own individual voices and opinions yeah. um, and, and their stories and what it means to them. And uh, you know, they girls just want to be heard. Girls want to have that. Um, what do you call that? Um, that connection with other people yeah. and yeah. Uh, affirmation. They, they want, they want yeah. to know that what they're doing is good and that uh, they're on the right path. And, um, and we, and we want to emphasize that for them and yeah, just really help give them that encouragement and that support. It means a lot to these girls. And it's hard, it's hard enough going into wrestling as a, as a girl or a woman in a lot of areas. I mean, it takes a lot of courage for sure. Even way more kudos to those that are the trendsetters in areas that it's not popular to do and you are the only girl on your wrestling team you know i mean you are starting something for the, the next generation sort of thing yeah. and whether you're in a big city that already has a lot of big foundation in dallas fort worth area or something or you're in you know maine or you know you know even kansas where it's just starting you know those sort of those areas i mean if you want to write about your experience and send it to us we would love to share it for you and get it out there you're only going to encourage other girls to do it too. And, you know, really solidify yourself in that trendsetter status. Well, I, Arthur, I have a question for you um, being a male and, and having the experience of having wrestled most of your life, you know, um, what do you think could be done by males in these places where there aren't a ton of women who are coming out to join the wrestling team, or maybe, you know, that guy who is one of 20 guys and there's just one girl on the team. Um, how can these young males be encouraging to females and, and, and what can they do to help promote female participation? Yeah. I mean, even, even there, there, there's some courage that needs to be taken too. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of guys that are, that are paving the way for a lot of these girls too. And, and that takes some courage too, because honestly, it's not the popular thing to do in a lot of areas and you might even get made fun of, but that's not really the, the point, you know, like if you want to better wrestling and grow the sport, 
like I, like we said earlier, you know, you really need to push the whole other side of the segment that doesn't even have it as a possibility. But where I would go with that is, you know, look for those people that are there. You know, a lot of, a lot of the girls that are in wrestling have some sort of guy figure in their life, whether it's a father that wrestled, a brother that wrestles. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of that. And that's where it kind of swings in areas, you know, look for those girls that are like, you know, one of the boys because they are around a lot of guys and you know what, they have girlfriends too, you know, and like if you can promote them and show that they can have success on that level, then you're going to encourage their friends to come out and have, have fun. I mean, it's not even really about winning or losing. Honestly, it's about you know, empowering your life, you know, and, and those around you. Absolutely. And that is incredibly correct. Like, you know, so I think really you just got to have the courage, honestly, step up and give them a platform, you know, put them out there. You know, if they're the only girl on, on, on the boys varsity team, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think, you know, like if, if she is the one that is going to get you the W, put her out there, you know, and show other girls that they can do it too. And that's going to improve the numbers in itself. Uh, and like I said, there's going to be guys in areas where it's already a pretty, it has a pretty good foothold. It's really more important for those guys that are in areas that there is not a strong foothold, like you said, where there is maybe only one girl on the team. Encourage her, get her out there, you know, make her visible because then other people are going to show. But you also have to shelter her too, because there's going to be some feed, you know, some blowback from people yeah. that are just ignorant and not caught up to the time. But I, but I feel like if people really double down on the encouragement side of it, then the naysayers kind of lose the power in their words. Because if you really make that one girl on your team super welcome, and just like she's part of the whole thing, like there's not really a difference between her and the rest of the team members. So then I feel like she would be more inclined to just ignore people that want to say some sort of criticism. Because she's like, well, that's not what my reality is. So why would I listen to your lies? Like these are not facts. Yeah, I think that's a good point to really normalize uh, the wrestling environment. And um, I mean, that's kind of the link. How- how we formulate the language um, with our brand, you know, it's, we say, try not to say female wrestlers a lot. I just mm-hmm. want to address, you know, Reaper wrestlers as wrestlers um, because right. that's yeah. what they are. And a lot of girls just wish that it, that was the case. Mm-hmm. That they would just be known as a wrestler and they you know, yeah. are not a girl wrestler. They are a wrestler. They are part of the, the, the community at large. Um, and to Arthur's point, you know, if, if that girl's going to get you the win, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's winning right. for the team. Definitely. And to Nadia's point, you really do want to encourage them. I mean, the encouragement part is the biggest thing you can do, because when you have 10, 15 guys telling you how awesome you are and a part of the team you are, that one person that says something silly or inappropriate or, you know, ignorant stands out and they look like the, the ignorant doofus yeah. that they might be. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's very true. Yeah. And well, um, even to my personal experience, I really feel kind of looking at everything in hindsight that maybe wrestling for me was like an opportunity missed because obviously it was available. We had girls wrestling at our high school, uh, but there was zero encouragement for girls to wrestle. I don't even know how they were recruiting. I don't know how, how that worked, you know, who they, who was the one that got these girls to, to try out for the team and to be on the team. I don't, I don't know what that, that looks like. Yeah. I think it was a lot of friends, you know, you, you get, you know, like, like we were talking about, you get one person in there that's having success or, you know, 
showing whatever it is that they, you know, the attention that they want sort of thing, you, you, you draw on their friends. And I think that, I mean, cause our high school had a pretty good wrestling team on the girls side. It blew my mind when I found out recently that most States didn't even have it sanctioned. I was like, really? Like, you know, I wrestled, right? you know, 2002 to 2005 in high school. And it's like, that feels so long ago now. I mean, I guess, you know, for some, it's not very long ago, but like we had it then. I mean, our team, our girls team was better than our boys team, honestly. Like they were winning region, you know, our region and stuff. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It was a yeah. kind of a culture shock to hear like girls can't, you know, have to wrestle boys. It was, I don't know, it blew my mind. Considering but if I, oh. I feel like if I had had that encouragement, that really mm-hmm. would have been something that I could have maybe tried for myself. And I think, back on it I really would have benefited from the sport a lot but I was never given that opportunity I was never asked or hey you want to come out on the mat you know yeah well I mean to to Arthur's point it's insane that you're right there's still so much you know road left to go until like most states have it sanctioned like I mean it's only sanctioned in 18 state 18 yeah but then like the uh you know senior squad is so incredible Mm -hmm. and it, it's the, the disconnect really boggles my mind how we have such strong athletes representing our nation, but then down the line, you know, when you get to like the, the, the local levels, there's no, it's like the opposite. Yeah. And, and, you know, longevity and like peaks in these sports is such a short time frame, like in, at the super elite level. So, you know, when the Adeline Grays and the Helen Rose and like before Smolari's like they all start transitioning, you know, out of the sport. Who's gonna fill that void? Like who's going to carry, you know, our country's pride on international competitions of the Olympics and you know, it's absurd. Well, a, big, a big part of the conversation when we're talking about the growth of women's wrestling is um the investment and in, and in what's what what opportunities are being created for these girls. And the issue is that you know, they're waiting. They are these, these groups of people are waiting for the numbers to show before, you know, yeah. they invest and before they get, you know, what's that? What are the, what's the return on the investment going to be? You know, if they invest, are they going to what are they going to get back from that? Um, but I really like the argument that if you invest now, your return is going to, you know, it's going to come. Uh, with that investment, yeah. because it is growing, it's apparent, you know, the numbers and the statistics are there. And if you look, Adeline Gray was making this point uh, in a, her final X interview about Japan and women's wrestling in Japan. They've been investing in their women's wrestling for the past decade or so, uh, really just um, recruiting and investing money and really creating these opportunities for these uh women to, you know, wrestle when they're young and to have opportunities as they get older. Um, and it shows because they are a powerhouse uh, when it comes to women's wrestling. I mean, pretty much at every weight class. And uh, it's because they started investing uh, in their women and in, in their female wrestlers. Um, and I think that that says a lot. And that's something that we should really be, you know, looking at. Even to go to Adeline Gray's, you know, point that kind of turned into like a irony almost was like she was talking about japan and oh they don't they don't grow girls as big as me sort of thing and then in the finals for the world she was wrestling you know a japan wrestler you know it's like they're solid all the way through i mean even if they don't get a gold they're meddling somewhere you know like yeah. they're on the going to your point also on the, on who's coming up i mean like they're we're about to have the world championships for the u23 the under 23 um women 
And uh, we got a pretty stacked team, honestly, uh, coming out here. And uh, I mean, there's some people like Emily Shilson and uh, Maya Nelson. I mean, Kayla Miracle's going again. I mean, like, oh, like oh, these yes. are young, talented girls that are like, they're definitely looking for some hardware, no doubt. Obviously, there's a, a big road ahead on the international level, but um, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of talented senior wrestlers, but uh, the U23 World Team uh, in the competition that's coming at the end of this month, October 28th through November 3rd. Um, that's going to be a really big one to watch for Team USA. Like he mentioned, Emily Shilson and uh, Macy Kilty. You know, these are young girls. They, you know, are out of high school and are wrestling for Team USA. These young wrestlers, these up-and-coming young girls, I mean, they're bringing it. And they're super young, uh, but they're on, you know, the world team. And they're really showing up. And, uh, you know, you're talking about that void, you know, that will need to be build um you watch you know not just the seniors but these other world teams the cadets and the juniors like they're they're bringing it with this particular event the u23s um it's not just the seniors you want to watch it's these women too because the olympics um you know these girls fall into that category for for qualifying for the olympics and, and potentially going to compete for team usa just as much as um our senior world team members i think you just have to be 18 years old by a certain day, some December date. Um, and so, you know, the pool, yeah, it's going to be your senior wrestlers, but also, you know, these women to the under or 20, under 23 wrestlers as well. Yeah. You know, and I would even shout out, like, y'all should try and get Arian Carpio on there. I know she's running uh, her and Alexis Porter. They're, uh, they're starting a podcast now. I think women wrestle too. Uh, oh yeah. On the, yeah. Mat, on the open mat. And, uh, you know, She'd be a good person for some content and everything. And she's about to compete for the U23s also. So she might be a little busy right now, you know. But uh, honestly, and I also want to shout out to Diamond Guilford. Uh, we've been working with her quite a bit. Uh, she's an incredibly charismatic and uh, funny person, honestly. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Yeah, we've been working with her um, on some things, some Team Reaper things that will be coming to light pretty soon. She's on the Team USA uh, U23 national team, uh, and she's been uh, traveling with the senior world team members, uh, helping them prep for uh, their world's competition. Um, and same thing with the, the U23 team as well. I just wish that, um, that we took, you know, American exceptionalism. I wish that also extended all the way down to <laughs> literally think of the exact same thing. I, mean, I, I, was, I was just thinking, you know, because in a lot of ways, Japan has its own uh, levels of sort of pride, very, very deep rooted pride, which is, I think, probably a very strong contributor to why their team is so good. Um, you know, having yeah. grown up there and seeing just the way that Japanese people are so, for being such a small island, you know, um, they really pride themselves on being such a, huge international powerhouse across the board and i think in a lot of ways america thinks of we think of ourselves in this way um the exceptionalism we're always the best and that sort of thing so yeah. i think it's just so funny uh, you know you would think that that would extend down into every sport um especially yeah. especially a sport where i don't know wrestling seems like a sport that's super easy to encourage um only because we're already like crushing so hard yeah you know it just seems like 
a little bit of encouragement from the top down, um, powers that be, I think would go a yeah. really long way. And, and I think that if we as a country, if the United States showed like, look at, we, we support all of our, we support our female wrestling. We support these women who are doing this kind of seemingly like niche sport in terms of what the population sort of follows, you know, and, and these girls are crushing and we totally support them. I think it would just say a lot about us as a country, yeah. um, in the international space. And, and I think, once America, America is obviously like a huge world leader. And I think if we could kind of lead the way that every other country would kind of fall in place yeah. after that. Like we're super proud of our, um, you know, women's soccer team. Yeah. And so like, why can't we yes. extend that to something like wrestling, which is to me, like the idea of wrestling and just like the idea of like American power is kind of synonymous because yes. it's just like the ultimate domination of another party. Yes. And like, is that not American history? <laughs> you know, okay. So the U.S. women's soccer team, that was such a huge cultural moment. And I think that yeah. said so much for females in sport and what that means to culture at large. And I mean, it was such a huge moment and we were, I mean, you just look, you know, at American media and social media and what people were saying. I mean, people really rallied, you know, for this team. It really came together. And I mean, it was, it wasn't even a question that it was the women's team that we were going for. It was just, this is team USA and, which is just so exciting and such a big moment for so many people. And I think with women's wrestling and uh, female uh, combat sports, um, I think this is a really good opportunity to redefine uh, what exceptionalism means, what American exceptionalism means in this country, um, and to show that we support girls and women who want to do this, who want to take this path in their lives. and, and encourage that strength, you know, America's strong in a lot of ways, but this, this is the good stuff, you know, and I really think this is what can help take America into the future in, in, a, in a lot of ways, culturally, politically, leadership, um, and really just redefine what American exceptionalism means. I'm really glad that you said that because it's, it's a great opportunity to do that, to promote that, you know. This is going to turn into like a patriotic podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Go America. Yeah, there are just so many many great things um, about this country. And I think that our strength and ferocity and to Nadia's point, domination, I don't see those things as a bad thing. I think I see it as a very good thing. And I don't know, one thing I was just thinking about just having this conversation is one thing we always talk about is how it's so crazy that, you know, in the UFC, you have women, uh, last night, women headlining cards and nobody bats an eye. And thinking about the parallels it has to wrestling, it's it's so strange that people are looking to see the return on investment. And then you have this massive organization, uh, world leader in combat sports internationally headlining cards with women all the time. And no person thinks, nobody last night was, was thinking, Oh, I wonder if this this is gonna sell well. You know? <laughs> um, everyone's right. there to see it, you know. And and you go on social media this morning. It's all about Ioana's foot and what a beast Michelle Larson was, you know. And yeah. and that's the the pinnacle of violence, you know. Yeah. And then you take it yeah. down. And like if you look at the people that have been super successful in like the transition to MMA, wrestlers. They're all wrestlers. So come on, people. What are you doing? I don't know. It just seems like, yeah. to, to your point about how they, they want to see something. It's, it's like, there. It's no. already there. What, what do you need to see? Sure. Yeah. 
what I guess, uh, what I guess here it's to the point that you made previously is that it's not really marketed yeah. in a way that it's look at the opportunities like overall that will be presented. Here's one analysis. analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but you know, like, people really focus on like the minutia of like, oh, it's physical contact. Oh, obviously there's injury risk. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, like, what is it? You can walk out your door and like step wrong and fuck up your ankle. So, <laughs> you do that in so many other yeah. sports too. Why? Exactly. Um, with this one, where it provides you just, I don't know, such an incredible look at who you are as a person. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they call it a life sport. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the, the mindset that people craft through wrestling is honestly unparalleled, in my honest opinion. Like, the, the way it gets you to think and the way it gets you to just, well, when we're watching our number one, Michelle and I kind of realize that the entire sport is basically becoming numb to someone pushing you constantly and trying to take you down because it's super hard to take someone down. So you have to just get used to someone's fingers constantly like pouncing on your shoulders, like super irritating. And you have to become numb to that. Transition that into something positive. Okay? Yeah. Actually, yeah. So it's like life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like life. Annoying things just constantly pestering you and you learning how to just transition that into something useful and productive. And no, yeah, that's a good point. We want to get thank you guys so much for, for being here and give you time to add in any last minute thoughts you have. And of course, remind people again where to find you. Go to our website, reaperwrestling.com. Um, we are selling our apparel on our sites, um, on Etsy. Uh, if you want to support our brand and you know, you like what we do and you want to support us, uh, definitely buy a shirt. Um, we've got some computer laptop decals um, that you can purchase on our website as well. You know, find us on social media. Our Instagram is at Reaper Wrestling. Our Twitter is at Fear the Reaper. Again, Reaper is W-R-E-A-P-E-R, like the Grim Reaper, but with the W. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having us on here this has been a great discussion and we want we could talk about this stuff literally all day long yeah i I second what laura said and i really applaud uh, you two nadia and michelle on doing this and everything i mean honestly this is part of the whole marketing that needs to take place and get this in front of girls you know so they can be empowered you know and Mm -hmm. be those leaders that we need them to be you know if we want america to you know, regain that except, uh, exceptionalism, you know, or yeah. at least get it, you know. Like, yes. So, yeah. yeah I, I really applaud you guys, and uh, we really appreciate you guys having us on. Feeling is absolutely mutual. Thanks, guys. Great. Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cage Free Chicks. If you want to know more about us, want to be our next guest, or just want to holler, slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at CageFreeChicks, C-H-I-X. Also, please download, share, and leave us a review on iTunes or any of our other platforms. Until next time.